Welcome to Landmark Worship Center's audio podcast. We hope that this message will inspire and encourage your life. So open your heart and mind and receive what God has for you today. Um, according to the Bible, the church is not a building. It's not brick and mortar. Um, even though we have a whole lot of brick and mortar at this church. Um, but the church is us, the body of Christ. And uh, he designed it to where we are to be the church. Um, which means anywhere we go or any body that we come in contact with, um, it's just being Christ, showing them the way. And uh, being his love, his compassion, and uh, truly just manifesting who he was. Uh, he is in us, and uh, therefore he should be coming out of us in everything that we do. So we want to finish this last quarter of being the church talking about ministry. Uh, because as we heard last week from Sister Kim Wood, every one of us are called to be ministers somehow that term kind of just got put on those who were behind a pulpit preaching or teaching but every one of us are called to be a minister and so we just want to talk a little bit today and answer a few questions about ministry so with that in mind we're going to get started we are thrilled today to have with us again, Bishop and Sister Chavis. Sister Bishop. Sister Bishop. <laughs> Last time they were here, uh, he was still the senior pastor, and uh, now he's moved on to wiser things, and uh, they are now Bishop, and their son is the pastor in North Carolina. Um, but we are thrilled to have you. Yes. Very, very thrilled. She just did a fabulous job at First Lady's Conference this past weekend. We were extremely blessed. And if I can get my phone back up here because I left my iPad at home. Um, <clears throat> the first question. What are some ways to minister in the local church besides preaching and teaching? What are some ways to minister in the local church beside preaching and teaching? Sister Chavis. <laughs> well, basically, is this on? Just need a little bit more. Um, really, just open your eyes because um, I always think about God speaking to Moses. And he said, "What's in your hand?" So, whatever is in your hand, that is your ministry. Whatever you're good at, God, God gifted each one of us. You have something in your heart that when you're doing that thing it's like you lose all concept of time you're in your happy place it's your your sweet spot that thing God wants to use for his glory and that could be a, a place of ministry you might say well sister Chavis how am I going to use deer hunting you know being a deer stand as a sweet spot for ministry well 
there might be a guy that you work with that loves to hunt. So you could invite him to be, you know, to just to be with you, to disciple that person. Or minister to, to minister. your pastor's wife by bringing deer bacon. <laughs> there you go. Yes. <laughs> so I always just say, what do you love? What has God gifted you with? And then the second thing is look for jobs that nobody else wants to do. If you really want to minister, there are so many jobs yeah. that, you know, we can do volunteer sheets in the foyer and everybody's going to sign up for uh, the some things. But there's some things that, you know, there's nobody wants to do the min, the nursery. Nobody wants to do maintenance and church cleaning and that kind of thing. So whatever, um, those little things are ministry Um if it's if there's widows in the church, if there's single moms or single parents or elderly people, there they have needs, and ministering to those people in those situations are such a blessing. If you really want to be a a part of ministry, show up early and and help with all those things that happen before you know the church opens. There's mm-hmm. you know sidewalks to be swept, windows to be shined. You know, bathrooms to be refreshed. There's always something, and all of that falls under ministry. Um, even just looking around, if you see somebody, you're like, I wonder where he's at today. Text him and say, hey, we missed you this morning. Hope everything's okay. Yeah. There is a, I read a, a um, statistic that if someone, if someone comes to church for the first time and they get a message or a visit from um the pastor, and then another day from the lay person, just a person that goes to church there. The person that goes, just the lay person, affected them more than the pastor. They think the pastor, that's what he gets paid to do, is follow up with visitors. But when someone just that goes to church there actually took the time to follow up with them, that meant way more to them. So it's so important that we all, we are the church, so it's your um your job, you know, your jobs are not just um, delegated as, you know, well, I'm not in leadership, so that's not my job to follow up and find out why they're not a church. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very important that we all take it all um, all to heart. Somebody needs a meal. Somebody, I mean, if you, you may be too busy to, if there's a, some, someone has a death in the family, you're like, I wish I had time to cook a meal. Well, give them a gift card, you know. They could, or if somebody's in the hospital, a gift card is always nice to, you know, run through Panera and get, get a quick bite. You know, those things are ministry. They fall under ministry. So that's my my take on ministry. After 40 years of being a pastor's wife, I, you know, a lot of times I, one lady told me, she said, you know, I talked to this uh, so-and-so, and she hasn't been to church in a month, and nobody from the church has checked on her, and I really want to let you know that y'all need to do better, and so I said to her, I said, well, honey, you are the church, and you checked on her, so she can just hush, because the church checked on her. Brother Chavis, do you have anything to Unfortunately, you know, Pastor of church for 40 years, the same church, always had to deal with the folks that come into church, they get saved, they get the Holy Ghost, and two months later they want to preach. <laughs> and uh, can I teach on Wednesday? So here's a good example when my son was 12 years old. Uh, today he's a fabulous preacher, preaches all over the country and the world. 
pastors a great church. But at 12, he, he told me and his mom said, I want to talk to y'all. He took us in the bedroom. He was dead serious. And he said, I feel my call to preach. And, you know, we prayed with him and, and uh, talked to him and told him what we was going to do to help him get ready for ministry and all that. But at the end of the conversation, he says, you want me to preach Wednesday night? <laughs> you know, ultimately, the church is it's, it's a conglomeration of things. And preaching and teaching is not the most important part of it when it comes to a congregation of people. There's so many jobs that can be done that's not a part of teaching or being a preacher. Uh, there's just so many things that you can do in the kingdom of God. And she covered most of that. So uh, I would only say uh, today is that find your place and find what you're good at, what gifts you had, and then give them gifts back to God and work in his kingdom, work in the church, no matter what it is. But everybody has got a calling, and everybody's good at something. And what you need to do is find what you're good at and make it work for the kingdom of God. Amen. That's awesome. Good. Good. And not... Not everything gets noticed, and that needs to be okay. You know, we all walked in the doors today. The doors were unlocked. The lights were on. The heat was on. The heat has been turned on in the baptistry. The things have been prepared. Well, those things don't just, like, we snap our fingers and it's all done. That took people making all of that happen. The bathrooms are cleaned. The floors are swept. And you may have no idea who did any of that. And we don't even think about it. We just walk in the door and because we just come expecting it to already be that way. Because we don't think about who did it. But somebody had to do it. That's right. And that is ministry. Ministry is so much about what Brother Chavis just said. So much more than preaching and teaching. It takes a body of Christ to minister one to another. That is ministry. When you do anything to help the church out, it is ministry. If you go take the church van and change the oil and fill it up with gas and nobody ever knows it, that's ministry. So from the least little thing that we think is the least while we're cleaning the bathrooms uh, to whatever, the biggest thing that everybody notices, it's all ministry. And yes, we all have a part. Pastor, any words? Uh, yes. Um, and the things that were said are tremendous. Ministry is a lot, is a broad spectrum. And... Uh, through the years, I've tried to teach different ones. And the church of ministry has basically taken people from this level to a higher level. Um, just anybody that you could help and minister to. But also, I, I often look at the, um, the thought of um, John the Baptist. He said, less of me, more of you. But 
He also said, uh, more of the Lord, of course, but another thing he said that, um, you know, the mountain's going to be brought down, the valley's going to be raised up, and making a clear direction to the Lord. That was his purpose. He was ministering. Uh, I think what we have to do in all the ministering of, you know, just cleaning and setting things up and getting things ready, we're actually bringing the mountains low and raising the valleys up to get it to a point where people can come to God is the bottom line. And then just the last thing I want to say here on that subject is I'm going to tell you what pastor's pastor's view is of this as we uh, look at trying to do ministry. A lot of times people are hungry to do something for God and that is honorable um, what pastor is looking for and what Sister Burke is looking for is consistency. Uh, a lot of times people are saying, I want to do something for God. You say, okay, do it. One week later, it's forgotten. And uh, I, I know that that is so vital that when we get a burden for something, if, if you really have a burden for something, it's not going to last a week. It'll last, it'll continue on. And I realize we have a, we don't have a, a large church, uh, but our goal is to see it grow, of course. Um, but we're all a part of this thing, and we need all hands on deck to be able to do that. But we, it's important for us to be consistent in this, that when we do it, we continue with it. And, and one of the reasons is, too, uh, is I realize, and I think you realize this, too, if it doesn't get done... Pastor Burke and Sister Burke, trust me, are going to do it because that's just the way we are. We want to make sure it's done, but we, we do want to see consistency in that, and I know you have a heart to do that. You have a burden to do that, and thank God for our church body that you, are, you love God and you want to do something for the Lord, and that is vital. I think also just keeping the why in front of us, why do we do anything in the kingdom of God? It's not for a, a person or so someone can notice us or whatever. We have to keep in mind the why, the big why, and that is for the cause of Christ. Always for the cause of Christ. Trying to point people to him. Uh, the second question, how does a Christian in a culture that only gets busier and busier accomplish a godly balance with family, ministry, and personal health, and this all while keeping a relationship with the Lord as the first priority. Anybody want to start? Okay, I will say that um, we all know the scripture says, ask, seek, knock, right? And I think that we take the word ask and we think about ask and it shall ask and you shall receive right so we're thinking like ask for you know help with your car payment ask for you know healing ask for deliverance whatever but it really is more than that it's ask I mean if you're sitting at a at a stop sign you could just say God, should I go right or left today? I mean, you know what I mean? Not literally, but you're just sitting there going, okay, God, today I have different things I could do. Where should I start first? I feel like our first conversation every day should be with the Lord. 
and our first app we open on our devices should be the Bible app. <laughs> you know, I've, I feel like for, if we put him first, if we sync with him first, uh, we talked about this on the, in the car on the way over here. It's like we take more um, care about our devices, like plugging in our phone and charging it and plugging in our device and syncing it than we do with our spirit. And we have to sync with him every day. We have to plug in and charge up and sync yeah. with him. And if we do that, he said, "All do all these. If you seek me first, I'll add all these things. So if we if we can plug into him first and really sink in with him, he's going to make sure that everything else, your health, your finances, your family, everything else is going to balance out. And he will guide us through it. He will order our steps. But we have to do that, seek him first and plug into him first. That's my take on that question. I agree with most of that. But we're human, and we know prayer works. But God's also given us common sense mm -hmm. to know when well, we're spending too much time doing things we shouldn't be doing. And I don't feel like I have to pray about that because I know it. You understand what I'm saying? If I know I'm doing something I shouldn't be doing when I should be spending time somewhere else, then I don't, I've got to use my common sense. It's all about time management. And we're living in a busy time with the church, work, everything that's going on around us. If you're not time conscious, then you're going to miss out on a lot of stuff. Family is important. Especially for the preacher or the pastor that's constantly busy in the kingdom of God. But if he gets to the place where he's not managing time anymore, then something's going to get left out. Because we're living in that busy time. And, uh, and I'm not saying that we don't need to pray, but I'm saying we need to use common sense as well. And because, uh, you know, I've, I've been around people that just was not time conscious at all, you know. And even sometimes preachers, when they get in the pulpit, they're not time conscious at all. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> but we have to balance our lives, especially in a busy time. We know we got to take care of our families. We know if we work in a job, we come into church three, sometimes four times a week. And if we don't manage ourselves, then a lot of things are be, going to become frustrating to us. Mm. And we're not productive. When we're frustrated in God, we're not going to be productive for him. Mm. So I want to be productive. So I've got to manage my time. I've got to pray, I've got to talk with God, I've got to do all the things I need to do, and I've got to take care of family. If I'm working a job, I've got to take care of that job. And, uh, well, sadly, some people just can't manage time, so they end up frustrated. And a lot of times, in the culture we're living in, they end up lost because they don't know how to manage their life. 
Yeah, it's easy, I think, sometimes to get that, our, our time all twisted and turned around, and, and we're not doing it on purpose, um, but we just, we're just, and maybe it's because you just have a heart to help so many people that you say yes, 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 and you never say yes to yourself. You don't give time to yourself or the things that you know you need to be working on uh, because you're so busy saying yes to helping everyone else. So every time you say yes, you're saying no to something else. So you may be saying yes to help someone, but you're saying no, I don't need rest. No, I'm not going to take time for me. No, I'm not going to spend time with my family because I'm going to help them. I'm, I'm, I'm going to, you know, do this, this, and this. I think we have to be intentional. I think that's the only way that it will work to in the busy, busy season and time of life and the time of the world that we are in, um, you could literally attend a different church-related conference every weekend of your life. There's one going on for all kinds of reasons, all kinds of purposes, and they're all good. They're all great. They're wonderful. Um, and uh, we could attend all kinds of stuff in our community. And, you know, we could enroll our kids in 12 sports and, you know, whatever. You, we can be as busy as we want to be. Um, but I think to balance it all out, you, we have to be intentional. And we have to, as Sister Chavis said, when you start your day with Jesus... And you ask him, give me some direction today. And you know, he, he will let you know. And then it's up to us to listen to him. <laughs> he may say, you don't need to do that. And then our heart overrides what Jesus said. But I want to help. And we just go do it anyway. And then we wonder at the end of the day, man, I didn't even talk to my kids today. Or I didn't even, you know, so I just feel like we need to be. I think being intentional is very helpful. Kind of leads into the third question. Um, what is a good balance between ministry and family time? Um, I think the answer is pretty much the same. Um, balancing it all out. I looked up the word balance. An equal distribution of weight or amount of time emotional stability, a habit of calm behavior, <laughs> mental steadiness. So when you're balanced, uh, I think you're more at peace, that's for sure. And I think sometimes we can kind of wear things as a badge of honor of being busy. You know, we, without realizing it, we're bragging on how busy we are. Well, I have to do this and I have to do this and I have to do this. And it's like this badge of honor that we're wearing because I'm busier than you are. And that's not being mentally stable. Um, so in that, I feel like you can be so involved in the church and in different ministries of the church that you neglect your family. Or we've seen it the opposite way too, 
where family becomes the priority over the church. And while, you know, everybody's going to miss church for vacation or whatever, but sometimes people begin missing church a lot or missing activities at the church or opportunities to minister because family, you know, takes precedent over the events or whatever that we're doing at the church. So, Pastor. Um, God is a God of balance. Everything he has in his word uh, has a balance, even just life in general. You got, right now we're in the fall of the year. Guess what? We had a spring to balance that out. We're getting ready to go into the winter, and we've got snow coming and cold weather. Well, we've got cold weather right now, so... But there's going to be a time, it's going to be summer, and it's going to be warm. Uh, God balances everything out, even in life. And uh, I really feel like he is a God of balance in everything. And I, I feel like he wants us to balance things out. I, I do understand the, the, the drive of a church body and the people of God. We realize the Lord is coming and we've got to get everything done for the kingdom of God. But if, if I win the whole world and my family's lost, it's it's a tough thing to deal with. I mean, you, it's got to be balanced in everything that we do. Uh, there is a time in in my life. There's a time that I I have to give myself to the church, and there are times of sacrifice from the family. But there's other times that I make it a point to balance it out to give myself to the to the family to make sure that. They have equal time because, and it's not that I'm just trying to say, okay, you've got to have equal time with the church or this and that. There's times they need me. There's times I need them. There's times I need the church. There's times the church needs me. So, so I really believe that the Lord wants us to balance this all out. And, uh, I, I, and I've, I've said this before uh, several years ago, but a lot of you know that I'm from southwest Missouri where the hillbillies live. And in the Ozark Mountains, and uh, if you've ever seen the postcards of the of the uh, hillbilly leaning against the tree, um, uh, taking a break with his hat pulled down, and everybody else doing the work. Well, some of those people, if you realize it, are my family. So, I, and I say this because I do know how to take a break, and I do know how to get involved and get in the fight. But I think it's all got to balance out. Oh, the old generation, of course, and I'm, of course I'm part of that. I'm in the 60 Club now. But the older generation were taught to sacrifice our time, our life, our finances, and everything. And that was good. Um, and I'm not saying this to, to degrade in any way, even the younger generation. But, uh, you know, you can count on the elders to be there. That's just the way they've been taught to be there, to be part of that. But there's also uh, needs for balance in that. Uh, and, and some of the younger generation, I realize I kind of fell on that too, coming into the church and coming into life, uh, that my parents did everything. And I just depended on them to do it, you know, until I became an adult and came into that point of, of, um, of learning that, hey, if it's going to get done, now I got to do it. So there was a balance out. But when you take the elder generation and the younger generation and put them together, we all have to understand that 
you know, elder in generation is going to do it, but we got to trust the younger generation to also pick it up and do it. And the younger generation also has to step up and balance it out for the older generation because the elders will step in. The thing about it is um, as, as we get older, the older uh, elders have a drive inside of them and, and they could leap over walls and run through brick walls and leap over things and get it done. But the body is not as strong as it used to be. So we need the, the younger generation to be able to step up and carry it. We're all in this together. And there was a message, and I'll close on this, but there was a message that Brother uh, 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 Tenney preached several years ago, and it was about... Uh, there was a younger man driving the chariot and the elder was in the back of the chariot and the younger uh, man was, he was driving it, he had the energy to get it going and the elder was in the back and as they would turn corners he was leaning and leaning, keeping it balanced out. You see, we're all in this together. The elders, the, the younger generation, we need each other. We need each other. But it's all, it's all got to balance out in all things. So... Okay, question four. How do you cope with a change of seasons in ministry? Brother Chavis. This is probably a good one. Uh, being in the ministry, it's up and down. Good seasons, bad seasons. You cope with that by trusting God, leaning on him, because things are going to change, and they can change quick. Uh, this week, you can be on the mountaintop, and everything's going great, and the next week, uh, it's not going so great, and, and you're becoming frustrated with the change that's taking place, and but we have to stay connected with God. If we stay connected with God, he gets us through whatever we're going through. He is our salvation. He is our way out of whatever's going on in our lives. And we have to, uh, we have to make allowances in our ministries and in our walk with God, whether you're a preacher, whether you're a saint. It's going to be up and down. You're going to be in a cold season, and you're going to be in a hot season. You're going to be in a lukewarm season. Mm -hmm. And the key is staying connected with God through it all. He'll bring you through. You're always going to come out on top if you trust him. Now, if we try to do it ourselves, we try to change everything ourselves, it ain't going to happen. He knows what we need. He knows what we're going through, so we have to trust him to see us through it. And if we do, we'll, we'll make it through uh, the situation. Uh, you have to stay connected with people. You have to stay connected with the surroundings of, of what's taking place. Uh, look at other people. What are they going through? How are they surviving? There's ways to get through to manage the seasons of our lives because we can't allow ourselves to lose out with God because we can't control 
what's going on around us. And being humans that we are, we try to control everything. Yes. We try to be analytic about everything in the world. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of that way myself. I got, I got to figure it out. You know, I, I'm one of these people that, that you buy something, you got to put it together. Well, first thing I'm going to do is throw the instructions away. Because <laughs> something inside of me says, I can do this. And uh, when I get it all done, there's parts left, and I'm thinking, where did they go? <laughs> In our walk with God, we can't figure it all out. If we don't follow the manual, if we don't adhere to the principles of God's word, then we'll, we're going to miss something, and we're going to come up short. And if we're not careful, we'll lose our soul because we're not able to manage the seasons in our life. We just got to get good at it. I'm going to um, talk about seasons too because this has been in my heart for a while lately. And I even mentioned this this weekend, but in a, going from a different season in ministry, the hardest part, and we're doing that right now. We've, we've, we're coming from pastoring 40 years to now being, you know, bishop of the church and just being up to our elbows and everything to like kind of being, we don't do anything unless we're asked to type thing. And what I felt like when I look at the, at nature and the Bible tells us, even nature teaches us things, you know, but the trees in the summer, they, the fruit in the spring, the blooms come and then the fruit comes. And then in the fall, the, well, the fruit falls off, then the leaves fall off. Then in the the winter the ice comes and the trees stand strong and, and it goes the whole season but if the tree did not let go each season of that fruit of that whether it's the fruit or the blooms or the leaves each season they have to let go of something to prepare themselves for the next season and I think that is where we have a problem is we want to keep the fruit of of the last season in this season and we have to let it go we have to just let go and allow God to do with us in this season what it is he wants to do so that we can bear the weight of this season and if the trees kept the blooms the fruit and the leaves when the storm ice storm came in the winter when the snow fell it would be too heavy that for the tree and we would lose the tree but because each season it lets go and prepares for the next season and what fruit is going to come there, what, whatever God allows, then it will be strong enough. So I, I just, I feel like we have to give ourselves grace, let go and of, of those things that, even the good things, even the fruit has to fall off, you know, and so that we can bear the weight of the snow and ice the next in the next season or the leaves in the next season whatever it is that God has for us and I know what what is beautiful is that every season has a highlight there's something about spring I love there's something about summer I love there's things about fall that I adore and then I love winter so there's something in every season that's going to be good you just got to make sure you're let you're not trying to bring everything and just be a hoarder but because that will destroy us Our time is almost up, but I want to end with the last question. Uh, 
I used to be active in ministry, but I'm not as involved anymore. Is there a place for me in the church after a long hiatus or a break? My answer would be absolutely yes. Mm -hmm. The church is always full of opportunities to serve. With any function that the church is having, we need help from setting up to cleaning up to shopping for that event, whatever it is, phone calls to be made. Um, when we are being the church, when that gets in us, when we think about it, when it becomes our priority, when we know, we look in the mirror and we say, I am the church. There's not a time for any of us to just back off and do absolutely nothing. Yeah, I know we all need breaks and this and that, and that's great. That's wonderful. If you need to take a break, take a break for a little bit, but don't stay there because we are the church. Um, we have to remember the reason behind all that we do. And even though we have taken a break, we're not as active as we used to be, there is something for everyone to do. Um, any comments from anybody on, uh, I used to be active, but I'm not as involved anymore. I, I agree with what she said. Um, and I believe that God does want us to rest. Shabbat, that's what Sabbath means. Just And because we don't honor the Sabbath, that's why we get burnt out. That's why we end up taking a long hiatus. That's, you know, those things we don't, uh, we don't pay attention. So after you've been burnt out and you've rested, then you have to reflect. You rest, then you reflect. And when you reflect, you're like, what, what did I do? Why am I here? Why am I feeling? Why did I get burnt out? Why did I have to step back? And then after you've reflected, then you have to reset. And resetting is is basics. It's very practical. Go on an extended fast. Go on, take an extended time of prayer. And um, ask God. Just ask him. Give me direction. Where, where do you want me to get involved now? Um get renew my passion you know what what is what is your my burden right now what am I passionate about you might not go and sometimes God has to, you have to do a u-turn you know because and he makes us lay down you know he'll break a leg and put you <laughs> or send COVID and kind of just reset every just stop and then that way it's easier to go in a different direction when you get up um so it might be a new direction this time. It might not be the old path, but you're definitely needed and vital in the kingdom. You're valuable. There's nobody else that can do what you can do. Nobody. You are you are the one. He called for that, and he needs you to, to rest, reflect, reset, pray fast, and ask. That's excellent. Yeah. Excellent word. Receive that word. All right, well, thank you for everyone for being here and listening to this. Hopefully, some things have helped. Um, 
help us to understand a little bit more about ministry and our place in the kingdom of God. And uh, so, Lord bless you. We'll take about a 10-minute break, and we'll have our worship.